I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This episode of Not Another Mummy Podcast is brought to you by Jim Mondo. I don't know about you, but between children, daily commitments and life admin, finding the time for working out is no walk in the park. What's more, gyms can be intimidating and they just don't work for everyone. So if gyms aren't your cup of tea, join the growing list of people cancelling their gym memberships in favour of working out at home with Gym Mondo. Gymondo is an online fitness and well-being platform with hundreds of 20 to 30 minute workouts and training programs ranging from HIIT and yoga to dance and meditation, plus over a thousand healthy recipes. Aside from the freedom and flexibility Gymondo offers, exercising at home is fun, saves you money, fits perfectly into your lifestyle and helps you stick at your fitness goals. So start a 14-day free trial and save 50% on your annual membership by visiting jimmondo.com, that's G-Y-M-O-N-D-O.com, and entering the code MUMMYPODCAST. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy Podcast with me, Alison Perry. Back when COVID first hit the UK and we went into lockdown with schools closing and parents panicking about how they were going to juggle everything. Do you remember that? Um, Back then, my guest today stepped in and along with Joe Wicks, helped save the nation's sanity. Rob Bidulph started a regular online drawing lesson for kids, Draw With Rob, keeping children busy and happy at a time when it was most needed. A dad of three himself, Rob is the author and illustrator of brilliant picture books for younger kids like Blown Away and Odd Dog Out. And his new chapter book for older readers, Peanut Jones and the Illustrated City. Rob talks to me today about parenting teens and why he still reads to his kids, even though they're older. We talk about father-daughter bonding and we chat about what it's like to have Tom Hardy read one of your books on CBB's Bedtime Stories. I mean, no biggie, it's just Tom Hardy. Rob, a warm welcome to the podcast. We are big fans of your books in this house, so this is a very exciting day for me. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's lovely to talk to you. Um, I actually asked my 11-year-old at dinner last night, I said, oh, I'm interviewing Rob Bidolf tomorrow. Um, do you have any questions for him? And she said, um, oh, yeah, can you ask him his thoughts on the boy in the striped pyjamas? Because then I can just hand that in as my English homework. And I was like, 
don't quite think you've got the point of well, asking him a question. I'll tell you what, I'll knock out a thousand words and I'll email it over to you afterwards. How about that? Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. As long as it's here by Monday, yeah, that's that, fine, that, that's that'd fine. be fab. Yeah. yeah. Um, but tell us, tell us about your family setup at home because you're a dad in a blended family, as as they call it these days, aren't you? I am, yeah. Uh, so um, we have three daughters: Ella, who is the oldest, who is no longer at home because she's nearly twenty-five. Believe it or not, um, is my twenty-five. Step- I know. Tell me about it. It's wow. terrifying, isn't it? It's terrifying. Actual grown-up, proper grown-up been away to uni come back for a couple of years and now finally has gone out and you know living living with a boyfriend and has got a job and all that kind of stuff so yeah proper grown-up proper wow. grown-up and yeah. um she's my stepdaughter but I've known her since she was you know two or something so you know I've been around pretty much for her her whole life uh, in in one form or another um and then I have Kitty who is 16 17 this summer uh and Poppy who is just turned 13 so yeah, it's a busy household, and of course Ringo the dog, who's sitting behind me at the moment. Hopefully, he'll keep quiet for the for the for the, uh, <laughs> for the duration of the podcast. But um, yeah, so it's a blended family. But you know what? I kind of you know, I've always treated Ella in exactly the same way as my other daughters too. You know, as far as I'm concerned, she's she's just. I always say I've got three daughters. I don't ever say, you know, I've got two daughters, stepdaughter. It's kind of it's kind of all, as you say, it kind of all blends together. And she's got a really good relationship with her dad as well. So it all it, it all works. Um, it all it's all worked really well over the years. I mean, there's been a few. Her dad, her family, they live. We live in North London. They live out in uh, near Reading. So you know, there was a lot of ferrying around in the uh, you know in the early days. You know, access wise and all that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it's it's, it's worked out. It's all it, it's all worked really well and she's a lovely well balanced and happy person you know so hopefully that means that we we've done a we've done a good job that's the goal isn't that's it the goal. that's it that's what it's all um, about but you've so, so you've got you've got two teenage girls at home yes um what pearls of wisdom can you pass on because i think a lot of people who are listening will have younger children um and you know you're right in the thick of it you're in the teenage years like hormones and you know them I guess discovering themselves as people um which we all know that's that's quite a tricky time isn't it it is a tricky time um we're you know touch wood we've had a fairly easy ride with all three girls actually they, they seem to um they don't seem to be go through a lot of the angst that lots of our friends teenagers have kind of been through though you know there's you know don't get me wrong they have their moments but um yeah we, it's it's fine you know I actually <laughs> you said I was in the thick of it I think you know you're in the thick of it, as far as I can say. Whether, you know, thank you, yeah, thank you. you. Really it's much, <laughs> you know, it gets, in my opinion, it it gets quite a lot easier in, in lots of ways. Um, you know, they're their own, they're their own, they're their own people, they're much more self-sufficient and, you know, um, in fact, you know what, we, I miss, I, I do miss the days, I miss the days when, you know, they need you. We got, we got, I've got my Ringo, my dog, who I mentioned earlier. I think, I think we didn't do this consciously, but I think we got the dog a few couple of years ago because we wanted somebody to need us. <laughs> because the girls, they just don't really, they, you know, it's fine. They, you know, they, they, they certainly want us to cook their dinner and give them a lift to, you know, their ballet class or whatever it is. But apart from that, it's kind of, I miss, I miss the days when, you know, all they want to do is kind of put on a show in the living room or, you know, make, make rock cakes with us every, every single day of the week, you know, that kind of thing. We don't get that anymore. So I kind of miss those days. Um, but yeah, the girls, it's, you know, it's a different thing. It's a different thing being a parent to an older 
child, obviously. Um, my relationship with them, I guess, is a little bit more, you know, I'm there for the com- for, for comic relief, really. I think in the main that's what I, that's, it seems to be my that seems to be my job so we have really good fun together we have you know we still I still read a bedtime story to Poppy um, and I probably Do read to, you? Yeah, that's yeah. so lovely and I think I read to Kitty and Ella till they were both you know certain Kitty only, I've, every now and then still read to Kitty really you know I read I remember reading reading with Ella when she was about 15 we read To Kill a Mockingbird which is my favourite book of all time so we read that which is a real kind of right passage oh, I'm sorry one of my headphones has just fallen out <laughs> it's a real um, it's a real um, it's a real uh, right of passage I think for me to read that that book with, in particular with the girls um, so you still have you still have those nice those nice kind of um, father father daughter moments um, and um, and I guess you just the relationship just evolves and you're kind of you're just as close as you ever were but it's just you is in slightly takes a slightly different form but yeah I, I my I would say it gets I would say it gets easier um, well, yeah. I'm so glad to hear you saying that because actually I, I, my next question was going to be can you settle an age old debate because I'm told by so many parents of teenagers that it's the hardest time and I've I've got an 11 year old so she's kind of just on the cusp like the hormones are just starting to kick in and. Um, but with two three-year-olds, I'm just like, how can it get harder than this? And it kind of, when I hear parents of teenagers saying that it's that's the hardest stage, I'm like, I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to sell my children and join the circus. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I can't do it. I wonder how much you'd get for them, actually. I've never really thought about that. <laughs> but uh, uh, No, I mean, you know, you know what? It's totally, I mean, we, as I said right at the beginning, we've been very lucky. Our girls have not been... They've, they've not been troublesome children they're very kind of they're just very they're quite sensible kids to be honest sensible kids I guess is what you you kind of want um they've they the biggest trouble we've had with all three girls actually is is um is friendship issues as they've got older um there's this thing that seems to happen where you know they're they're all quite you know they've all got quite a wide circle of friends but they're they all they sort of they like they like they you know they pair off sometimes or they go into threes and then one of them will always be left out and so we've had quite a few issues with with friendship groups and um you know sometimes not speaking to me and blah 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 and this blah, blah, and you kind of like you learn to be you sort of you you, you know you're quite you, you learn to be like quite um political in those kind of situations and yes. try and say the right thing and yeah. be encouraging yeah. and blah 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 but um that's by far the, the the biggest the biggest problem we've had with with the teens and i know lots of people have it far far harder than us so i think maybe we've we've been quite lucky but yeah as i said it's a walk in the park compared to kind of like you know trying to go to Brent cross with um with 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 two young children <laughs> you know uh, I, I mean let alone twins I mean crikey my I tip I, you know I take my hat off to you yeah, well I, <laughs> I don't but I would do <laughs> um, yeah so uh, so yeah I think it's I find it so interesting hearing you say as well that you um that you still read to your kids and obviously you know the types of books that you're reading um is progressing and changing and becoming more I yeah. guess grown up yeah. um as they get older um why is that so important to you so you know a lot of parents I think it's probably fair to say almost feel like when their kids get to a certain age like so with us when my eldest got to about maybe seven or eight and she was able to read on her own I felt like well I don't need to read to her anymore because she can read and it almost felt like a tick like achievement yes she can you know she can read read on her own she doesn't need us to read read to her so why is it important to you that you still do that um 
Well, for a start, it, you know, it is a tick if she's if she's happy to go off and read on her own. You know, the the whole, you know, I was the World Book Day illustrator for three years and the, the, uh, our whole ethos, the thing we are really trying to get kids to do is read for pleasure. So read because they want to, not, not because they have to. Because statistically it's proven, you know, that kids that read for pleasure, they achieve much more in their lives, all that kind of thing, you know. And it, and it really is true. It's a, it's a real achievement to have a child that is a reader it's the single biggest indicator of likely success in life reading kids who read for pleasure it really is that's fact um so big tick big pat on the back for you that is great but in terms of reading with your child i mean i don't know it's something that i really enjoy it was a it was a real highlight of my day at the end of the day to go and have that quiet time one-on-one time with one of your children so ali and i my wife and i you know, one of us would read to one child and the other would read to the other because, you know, they're three years apart. So you're reading slightly different books with them. Now, now we, we can read the same books to them, actually. And the last few years we have been able to do that. Um, but that one on one time, I think, is so important when you have a household with more than one child in it, because it doesn't happen very often. Usually you are talking to them as a group around the dinner table or, you know, when you're you're out visiting, you know, you're nice country house or whatever you're it's kind of the, all of you together in a group so that one-on-one time is super super important i think um and ch- the children they really they really appreciate it and they really look forward to it too so it's something that i really like doing um and you know to go on that journey with children as they learn to read as they learn to become uh, independent readers kids who read for pleasure is a lovely thing you know you can literally witness them as they build their vocabulary develop their language and grammar skills you know you know even when you're reading really to to really really young children when they don't necessarily understand every word that you're reading to them they can still infer um you know meaning from the context and it really really does help grow those grow those brains Apart from that, you know, read the book, depending on the books you read, it can expose them to like um, a wealth of places and characters and, you know, social situations um, that, that, that can really help to st- stimulate their personal uh, and, and, their, and their social development, I think, you know, and, you know, exposing them to places that they might not um, experience otherwise, you know, through their imaginations is really, a really, really important thing to do. And, you know, it helps them develop that natural uh, desire to to learn i guess you know um yeah you know if they can't if they can't wait to turn the page in the harry potter book to find out what happens to i don't know the you know who who the half-blood prince is you know it's the same process that their brains go through when they're in sitting in school learning about plate tectonics you know <laughs> whatever it is you know it's a real it's, it's a real it's there's a real direct correlation there so i think to be able to go on that journey with your children is a is a real privilege and it's a really really lovely thing to do so i i don't i don't really want it to stop and when it did stop with the girls the old girls you know it's a there's a sadness there there's, i feel like i'm i feel like there's something something missing so um i would encourage every every parent to read read with their with their children you know and i know it's hard and i know it's hard to make the time to do it and when you don't need to do it anymore so it is a relief especially in a busy household you know life is so busy isn't it but um, for me, it's something that I always try try to prioritise. Now, you have written a lot of books yourself, but one of my favourite things that you've done so far in your career um, is the packed lunch post-its. Oh, yeah. Um, for anyone who is unfamiliar with them, can you explain what they were? Because you, you're not still doing them, are you? I'm not still doing them. I'm not still doing them. No. So, so what happened was my youngest, Poppy, uh, when she, um, you know, uh, at, 
uh, when they when they go to nursery, they go to nursery just for the morning first of all, and then when they when they start in reception at our school anyway, they kind of phased them into a full day. So I think they did. Yeah, uh, I think they did a week of like you know going in from nine till eleven or something, and then the next week they would stay for lunch, and that was the big thing, staying for lunch, and then the following week they would stay for the whole day. So you know they ease them into the full school day. And Poppy, all of my children are quite they 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 kind of all they're all homebodies. They like being at home. They kind of are quite reluctant to go on sleepovers until much later. You know they're very happy for their friends to come to our house, but you know, and the school trips, you know, residential trips, and that always quite a big deal with our kids. So I don't know whether it's something we're doing as parents <laughs> to make them want to kind of stay at home all the Me- time. It means they're nice and secure role, but it means that you're doing the right thing. That's what all the child psychologists yes. say, isn't it? Is that that what it, is it? They're really happy at home and they're secure. Okay. So you're doing we're, a good we're job. We're good parents. That's good to know. Um, <laughs> but Poppy was really nervous about staying um, at school for her lunch. So at, it was our childminder actually that suggested it. She said, why don't you just draw a little picture on a post-it note and hide it in her lunchbox so that when she gets to school, opens her lunchbox there's a little message from dad saying hello you know little drawing and you'll cheer her up at lunchtime so I thought yes brilliant idea I'll do it do it on the first day did the little drawing she came home that night said oh I love the drawing what are you gonna what are you gonna draw tomorrow and I was like oh I thought this was a (laughs) I thought this was a one-time only gig anyway did one the next day (laughs) then the next day then the next day and I ended up doing one for her every single day that she was at primary school so that was about two we think about 2000 drawings something like that and um and it became it sort of just it grew and grew because she started showing it to her friends and then started showing it to some of the teachers and suddenly before i knew it there was all these people looking at this drawing so i stopped you know the first few i did were like you know mr men really quick kind of stick drawings that i do on the way to school walking up the road and then suddenly i thought i need to up my game now and so i started putting a bit more effort in and then at some point a couple of years in it just went viral online and i was on um i think it was ashton kutcher tweeted about it or something on his blog and it just went crazy and i was suddenly found myself like on abc news in the states and on uh you know all these (laughs) it's very weird talking about all this stuff and it just went mad i was in all the newspapers over here so i thought right i really got to up my game now so i'd you know do the drawings the night before and um the, the tricky thing was trying to think of um something to draw every day because mm. you know you name a kid's character I've done it about four times you know so I started you know I got I'd get Kitty my middle daughter I'd get her to work you know work out her top 100 children's characters full time and I'd do a little chart rundown that would last for maybe a term and then you've got to think of something else to do so I, you know I'd do, <laughs> I would do at one point I did the great artists so I found myself you know drawing the Mona Lisa or you know a nice Klimt portrait or something the night before you know it's crazy um, um, but she really I mean that's a lot of pressure right if, if, if her friends were looking at you know looking forward to seeing and the teachers were like asking oh yeah, what's yeah. today's packed lunch post yeah, it well, exactly. you know that's that's a lot of pressure it, it was you know and uh, the annoying thing was sometimes Poppy would come home and I'd say oh did you you know did you I was particularly proud of the drawing that I'd done so I'd say oh did you like your drawing and she'd be like yeah, what, what was it again? And I'm like, are you kidding me? That took me two hours. Or <laughs> you know, but no. it was a masterpiece. It's always the way with children, <laughs> isn't it? They sort of, you know, they take they take anything you do for granted after a while. But I think now I've got this, I've got this huge box of these two thousand post-it notes, and we've got lo- we did an exhibition a few years ago, so I've got loads of them framed up. And when you see them all together like that, it's quite the thing. It's quite, you know. It's sort of a bit of a document of my madness, weirdly. It's like, you know, watch all this. You see all these drawings. It's quite incredible. But the main thing, the thing that I really loved about it is, again, it's that thing, that connection between dad and daughter. You know, it's quite an in- intimate thing. And it was a, 
I guess it was a kind of conduit. It was a kind of like a through line for me to have like a moment with my daughter, even when I when I wasn't there. And um, I think it may, you know, it's in you know, it's it's just another one of those little threads that kind of pulls you closer closer t- together. And I, and I and I really and I really like that. And I think it's something that both of us will always look back on really really fond, really fondly. And I, you know, one day I thought of picturing the future wherever Poppy's living when she's you know thirty years old and she's got all these pictures of the post-it notes up on the wall it'd be a nice nice thing for her to look back on so um yeah it's a a nice thing to do i think it's lovely i think it's hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Lovely. Um, now, a lot of people will know you best for your draw with Rob um, on social media and YouTube. Um, I think it's safe to say that you were one of those saviours of lockdown. Um, you swooped in... Um, at a moment where a nation of parents were panicking because the schools were closing and we were all being told to stay at home. Um, you know, it was it was incredible. But I want to know how much of that was you genuinely having a desire to help parents and how much of it was a cynical ploy for fame and fortune? Well, people, lots of people have asked me this and I swear, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the thing I used to say as a child all the time. I swear on my life that um, I did it genuinely just because I was thinking of parents. The truth is I was thinking of the parents. I was sitting there on the sofa on the Sunday with Ali, my wife. We watched the news and it said, right, they're going to close schools in the next week or so. They're going to close the schools. And I was just thinking, oh, my gosh, there's going to be all these parents stuck at home with their children looking for things for their kids to do, particularly the little, you know, the little ones, the four and the five year olds. And, um, And I know what it's like, you know, as I said, three daughters. It's hard to keep them entertained during the school holidays, and um, and I thought not not only do we are they going to be not at school, they're going to be stuck in the house. We weren't allowed to, you know, you're not really allowed to go out. So I thought, well, I can help here. I can do the drawing thing that I do at all my live events. Um, I'd even done some draw with Rob videos, believe it or not, back in 2017. I think I'd just done a couple, stuck them up online, and not really, you know, just as a little thing when a book came out. I think I did a few. So I thought, I'll just do that again. I'll set up the camera and I'll do, a, I'll record myself drawing a few of my characters, stick them up online. Hopefully it will give the parents a bit of respite, you know, for a couple of hours a week, you know. Um, and that is genuinely what I thought. Now, I could not have predicted what what happened because literally that was the Sunday night. I was watching the news. On the Monday, I recorded the first video, took a couple of takes just to get the tone right. I, you know, there's a few things I knew I had to, there's a few ways that I thought, I can do this and make it work. I I didn't want to make myself front and centre. I just wanted to put the camera down, record my hands doing the drawing. I just wanted to cut to the chase, 
20 minute videos, you know, make it nice and kind of simple and straightforward and no messing around. Um, took me a couple of couple of goes just to get the tone right. I'm good at talking to kids anyway because that's what I do for a living. I go out on the road and I do my live shows all over the country and all over the world. And um, so that that was okay. It took me a couple of goes to get the video right. I put it up on YouTube on the Tuesday. Hang on, I recorded it on the Monday. Yeah, put it up on the Tuesday, and then on the Wednesday, I, you know, I was on news at ten. On that that no, it was it was, it was mad. <laughs> the amount of people I just put it up and it just went instantly went kind of crazy and I was like oh my god I, I just didn't you didn't really I didn't really see it coming and I guess it was just one of those things where it's the perfect thing to do at the perfect time and it just captured it just it just I think I think Jamie Oliver picked up on it immediately and tweet, retweeted it and I think that was the key because you know he's got millions of followers and suddenly hundreds and thousands of people started watching watching this video and uh, you know it's just one of those things and then suddenly it's that classic thing it's that classic thing though isn't it where you know they say that inventors the best inventors or business you know entrepreneurs they think of a solution like a, a genuine solution to a genuine problem yeah, yeah. that's what you were doing yeah, yeah. you yeah. were you were you know there, there was this sudden very sudden and very um present problem that all over the country families were at were having and and that and that doesn't happen very often right in life it's not no, exactly. it's not often that everyone is is having that same fear and that same panic and there was you going ta da <laughs> here yeah. here i am to help yeah 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 i guess so <laughs> i guess so but it's it was quite it's even now when i think back to it it's 2 years now since we put that first video up and uh, even now it's like a it's like a dream it's like a surreal thing when it happened because yeah, I just can't. It's very hard. It's very hard to explain. But yeah, it was um, it was lovely. And also in that time, at the beginning especially, it was so angst-ridden, wasn't it? Everyone, it was so uncertain. And um, the news on the TV was all bad news. It was all like, oh no, this is happening, blah, blah. And my social media feed suddenly became this kind of like this river of joy, this sort of oasis in this desert of these pictures of these lovely smiley kids proudly holding up their drawings of aliens and sausage dogs. And um, so I think even people without children they gravitated towards it because it was something happy to look at and um and and then lots of grown-ups started drawing with me as well people who didn't have children and they started re-engaging with this side of themselves that they hadn't really um hadn't really um come into contact with since they left school you know i haven't picked up a pencil since i was 10 years old and i'm really enjoying just drawing pictures it's because drawing is like a for me anyway it's called almost like a meditative thing you know when i draw you sort of turn off one part of your brain you know when i'm drawing i can listen to podcasts i can listen to music i can do all that kind of thing and i just sort of do the drawing almost subconsciously and i do think it's really good for um you know your 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 for mindfulness your well-being for your mental health it's quite a therapeutic thing and i think people realize that and realize that drawing can help with with aspects of your everyday life you know improving focus and lengthening your attention span problem solving and most importantly i think for the parents of the children again it comes back to that that thing of doing something with your children sitting there at the kitchen table drawing a picture with me on your ipad telling you how to do it with your children was something that really brought brought families together because in everyday life you're out at work you're on your laptop you're blah 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 but this parents were sitting down they had the time to sit down and do something with their children at the end they'd both have a drawing to stick up on the fridge you know and it was a lovely thing it made and made the children feel valued as part of that family 
unit as well. So, I, you know, I think all of those things, which I could never have predicted would come out of it, did come out of it. And, um, you know, they taught me a lot about um, the benefits of drawing and spending time with your children as well. So it's a, I feel very lucky and privileged that what happened happened. And it's, a you know, you're right, there have been kind of residual benefits uh, to my career. You know, suddenly I'm much better known than I was was before and all that kind of thing. But, um, but uh, it's, you know, when I go to my events now, they're, they're, you know, I have these huge queues of kids after my event who come up to see me and show me their big folders full of the drawings. They've done every single drawing, you know, and they'll say, I'll say, oh, did you do, I don't know, did you do um, the giraffe? And they'll say, oh, yeah, that was video number 31. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know what kids are like. It's like it's like they know everything yeah. about, and they know everything about my life because I guess while I'm doing these drawings, I'm telling I'm sort of saying, you know, oh yeah, I took Ringo out for a walk and they're like, How's Ringo? And I'm like, Oh my god, how do you you know, it's like that weird that weird thing. So it's kind of created this sort of club. If you were in the draw with Rob Club, you're kind of Yeah, you know, you're you're you know, we sort of all had this shared experience together and again, at a time when everyone was isolated and separate it was something that brought us together, which was which was a lovely thing. It was that sense of belonging, wasn't it? Yeah. So lovely. Can I just say on behalf of the, a nation of parents, yeah. I feel like you, Joe Wicks and BBC Bite Size were the ones that kept us all going. So a heartfelt thank oh, you thanks. on behalf yeah, yeah. of the I nation. I bumped into Joe. I did, I did an event. Uh, me and, did you? Yeah, Joe and I were both on at the Bath Festival last year in September. And uh, so I bumped into him in the in the green room and um it was lovely he's such a nice guy i don't know if you've ever met him but he's the nicest chap he's exactly yeah. like he is on um as he comes across on his on his videos and everything and we were saying oh yeah you know we were the na- we were you know we should be on you know should be on staff at the local school we were the nation's teachers and um, it was a it was a lovely <laughs> thing yeah because people would do you know pee with joe and then go straight on to draw with rob so uh yeah we were doing a bit of babysitting for everybody <laughs> Never mind getting um, a job at the local school. I think you guys need knighthoods. I mean, I think that's that's where really it should have gone. That's where it should have ended up, oh, let's be honest. Wow. Um, now, I want to know, what, which is your favourite picture book that you've done? So I've got a special place in my heart for Blown Away, which was your first, um, because I just read that endlessly to my eldest when she was little. I think she was probably about four when it came out. Um, but also, um, I love show and tell. It feels like it's just really satisfying to read. You know, sometimes when you're reading picture books, I mean, you must know this, you write them, but sometimes you'll read one particular one and it just has that rhythm that just feels very satisfying. Um, but I want to know, which is your favourite? Um, well, it's hard uh, It's hard to look past Blown Away because that was, you know, as you said, it was my first book and it, you know, it took me a long time to get published. You know, at the time... That I first had a go at it. I was the art director on the Observer magazine, and I was using everything in my arsenal. Every email I sent out to publishers was coming from that address. You know, look, look what my job is. You know, give me a chance. You know, um, but it doesn't quite. I didn't realise how competitive the whole kids' book thing was. You know, it's really. You know, it seems to me like everyone who's ever picked up a pen or a pencil wants to illustrate and write a children's book at some point. So it was like really, really hard to get published. So were you like rejected by? You know, you always hear about famous successful writers and illustrators saying I was rejected by you know 20 publishers before I finally got, yeah. got a deal it's um uh, yeah rejection is it's not quite like that it doesn't quite work like that I mean I got an I got an the, 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 the path that you take to publication is this usually you get an agent first of all can be very hard to get an agent even get an agent to represent you but I got an agent straight away so that you know one of the biggest hurdles I got over straight away and actually I got in the room with pretty much all the 
big publishers in London um, showing them my books and they all all of them liked what I'd done so I knew that I could do it I knew that I, I it, you know sometimes you just you know you write something and you just think this could be miles wide of the mark I just don't know but it, but it wasn't I was my, I was in the right kind of wheelhouse and um, so I knew I could do it but um, yeah I did uh, pe- lots of people passed lots of people passed on the first few books my first the first book that I took out actually was the book that became my fifth picture book which is called Kevin which is all about an imaginary a little boy who has an imaginary friend that he whenever he's in trouble he blames everything on this imaginary friend so then the roles are reversed and he finds himself in the imaginary friend's world and suddenly he's the imaginary friend and he kind of learns a lesson that way and that's from a true that's what my own daughter she didn't go into the imaginary world but she had an imaginary <laughs> friend. so you know so that was my first book that I took around and um lots of people passed on that lots of people pretty much all the publishers uh, no I worked it up the thing is everything takes so long so I, th- I remember working on that book for about two years with a couple of publishers and I couldn't quite get it over the line so then what happened was uh, I, I changed agent and my new agent said just when you're going out with the book just take a portfolio of children's book staples like just a drawing of some dinosaurs um, a pirate scene uh, you know all these kind of space so things. they can see the variety of what exactly. you can do and that was the genius move mm. on her part um, because I'd just done a page full of animals and a f- couple of, two or three of the publishers saw I'd done a little penguin family and for some reason they zeroed in on these penguins and I, you know, I can't even remember drawing these penguins. They were just so, they're just another part of the drawing um, and they just said, can you come up with a story for the penguins? And um, and I had another story I was working on with about some children flying a kite and getting blown away on the, on a very windy day and I just sort of transposed penguins into this story which made perfect sense because penguins can't fly and I was getting, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it was, again, it was just one of those moments where I put them into the story, did a few illustrations, went back to see the publishers who I'd been talking to for four years by this point, And they instantly offered me, all of them came in offering me deals. And so wow. I, I sort of ended up, you know, from four or five years of trying to get published, I ended up having my pick of the publishers um, and I and I went with HarperCollins because they published some of my favourite kids book authors, and they I really liked the team. Um, and uh, and um, and from then on, there was no looking back really, because Blown Away won the Waterstones Children's Book Prize, um, which was another huge stroke of good fortune, you know, because lots of people write really good books or illustrate really good books, but you need that moment of luck where it lands on the right person's desk at the right time and you get one of these awards and you get one of these things that's going to put your book kind of front and centre and that's what happened to me and so that was my career after this flying start and suddenly I was away so to answer your question it's hard to look past blown away because I'm so um, yeah sorry I'm really talking for ages aren't I I hope your editing skills are good um, <laughs> it's all good I mean that, 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 that's kind of the point of a podcast Rob is, so. is the talking so, you're, so it's all good I guess so so yeah so blown away I would say is probably my favourite but I, I'm also fond of um, Odd, Odd Dog Out is the one that I wrote which is about a dog who doesn't fit in with the other dogs and throughout, throughout the course of the book you know the message is she realises that actually the best thing you can be is yourself you don't need to follow the crowd blaze your own trail and that seems to have really struck a chord with readers and with parents as well um, and I'd say it's my most popular picture book but I am fond of show and tell too I like that I like that escalation the ridiculous kind of um, escalation it's really fun that was a really fun one to write and illustrate so yeah it's hard though it's hard choosing your favourite book because it's like choosing your favourite child 
you know, it's really is. You're so, you're so, you're, I can definitely choose a favourite well, child. I can, I can too. Definitely I can do too. That. But we're not allowed to say, are we? But uh, <laughs> no. But um, yeah, it's, it is a bit like um, that. I'm guessing that another big moment was having having your stories read on CBB's bedtime story. I mean, I got very excited when I saw that Tom Hardy oh. was was doing show and tell. Um, but actually, I've got a bit of a confession to make because I, I watched Tom Hardy. He didn't do show. show he tell. didn't do show and tell. Oh, he did, did not do show and he tell. He did not dog out. Rick Astley did show and tell. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm getting confused. And he did two. Tom Hardy's done two. He's done two of my books. He did Odd Dog Out and he did the sequel, which is called Odd Dog Christmas. So I've, I've had double. Right. Double so I, Tom that Hardy. was it. It was quite recently that he did Odd, Odd Dog Christmas, yes, wasn't it? Yeah. And I and I watched him doing Odd Dog Christmas, and I was really excited. And yeah, my confession is that I sat there thinking. I could do it better than him because when I'm this is really embarrassing when I'm reading my kids bedtime stories I, I like to pretend that I'm reading CBeebies bedtime oh, stories and I, I think I think I'm pretty good at it I'm sure you are <laughs> I'm sure you are very good at it I mean I've, I've had yeah I think I've had five five or six of my books read on CBeebies bedtime stories and um, yeah some people read it better than others let's just say that some people kind of get get the because my books are all my picture books anyway are all in rhyme and so you know you have to read it you know properly you have to sing it almost you know and some people are better at it than others i actually think tom is very good at it tom you see i call him tom now we're mate we're practically mates yeah um, you and tom yeah, you and, and tommy tom tomo uh and he he does it he does a pretty <laughs> good job but that being said i'm sure you could do a better job Maybe one day. Maybe well, one I'm, day. I'm, 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 I'm just saying. Just you know, next next time that it comes up, um, and you're having that conversation with with the BBC, if you want to put my name forward, okay. I haven't got a problem with that. Permission. I will consider it, and I'll, I'll, I'll see if I've got time in my okay, diary. Okay. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. I'll bet, okay, notice that, that aside. What has been the moment in your career where you've thought, "Oh my goodness, this is it. I've made it." Like, what, what's been the kind of the pinnacle <laughs> moment? I don't know if you ever have that. I've, that I've made it feeling. I mean, it's quite a strange existence. Um, you know, I'd worked on, as you did. You know, we worked on magazines and newspapers, and you're part of a team. And um, suddenly, when you find yourself out on your own, working for yourself. I mean, I know I've got a team. I've got a brilliant team at my publishers, and I've got my agent and my publicist and all that kind of thing. But essentially, you're on your own. You know, I sit here in my studio where I'm sitting now, and I'm writing or I'm drawing pictures all day long on my own with just Ringo the dog for company, and. Um, it's quite a role. I find it's you have a real roller coaster of emotions and and kind of in terms of your confidence as well. You know, it only takes I don't know seeing that something else has happened to another one of my one of my um, peers. You know, and on Twitter or something that you're a bit jealous of, and suddenly like I'm rubbish. I can't do this. So it's a kind of like <laughs> I mean I don't know. I kind my confidence is always kind of quite fragile. I think that being said, I do know that I am. I mean, I'm in a very lucky position to be able to do this full-time for my job. I know lots and lots of really talented uh, writers and illustrators who, you know, have a sec... You know, they, they this is what they do at the weekends and in the evenings because it's very hard to make a living, uh, living doing it. You know, not many people get to do that and I'm very lucky that I can. Um, so, yeah, I get... The, you, know, you know, the Tom Hardy moment that he read Odd Dog Out, that was the first one on CBeebies, that, that was a big moment. And... Um, but, you know, you know, I, I was just so happy to be published. I was so happy to see my book in in the window of a bookshop or on the library shelf or in a, you know, go into the first school event that I did. When you see all these kids, when you're reading the stories, they're kind of mouthing the words along with you because they've read it so often. You know, that kind of thing is, that's a really really lovely moment. Um, so the, the truth is, I have lots of pinch me 
and make sure I'm not dreaming moments. Every, you know, I'm so lucky to be doing this job. It's a it's a real dream come true for me to be to be doing this job. So I feel very very lucky every single day. You know, and I've written a you know I've written a novel now. So I'm I'm talking to um older kids now. You know, it's kind of a Harry Potter age book that I've written that that, that came out last September, and I and I now talk to a different audience and to see them respond to the book in a in a different way to the way the real littlies respond to my picture books is a is a lovely thing too because again you know writing a chapter book is never it's not something I ever really thought that I could do or I would do and so to not only to do it to get it published but to see children enjoying the book is um is an amazing moment so I, I yeah I, I just feel very lucky what what is it like on world book day um when you see, so you mentioned you've done this middle grade book for older kids, which is Peanut Jones yeah. and the Illustrated City. Um, what was it like on World Book Day seeing kids going into school dressed up as Peanut Jones or other characters it's, of yours? It's amazing. I mean, that is a moment. I think every single, if you, any children's author or illustrator that you speak to, it's a real dream come true when they see a child dressed as one of their characters. And um, you know, it's been it's it happened. It's been happening to me for a long time now you know my first book came out seven or eight years ago so every year I've had kids dressed up as penguin blue or odd dog out but yeah this year was crazy the amount of peanut joneses that I saw was it was unbelievable I mean I I pulled a load of them together and made a little video just as and that was just a fraction of them so sales of denim dungaree shorts went sky high before world book day stripey tights I know I sort of I think when I was designing peanut the character I think I sort of had half a half an eye on the world day costume and I was thinking well stripey tights make it easy make it easy for the kids you know you don't have to go out and spend a fortune on a you know a, you know or witch's outfit or whatever it is you know you can make this kind of thing from home but it was lovely to see the best thing though there was I get people dressing up as me now that is the weirdest no. thing yeah I reckon I had about <laughs> I had five or ten or something robs so and it's hilarious so basically it's a fairly easy costume you get a cap get a pair of glasses and they all seem to draw like this sort of grey silver stubble <laughs> and so it's like oh oh yeah I am it's like holding a mirror up to I know, you it really is it's like, oh I am really old aren't they but these little these kids all dressing up as me it's hilarious with their stripy tops and their cardigans you know I'm like oh yeah I do wear the same clothes all the time you're totally right but that was that's that's very surreal when they actually dress up as you but um it's a, such a comp- imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Compliment. He said, it makes you feel very humbled that um, they have they could have chosen any character or anything in the world, and they've chosen one of your characters. It's a it's a lovely thing to see. I love it. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, Rob, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been so wonderful to talk to you. Um, Peanut Jones and the Illustrated City is out in paperback now, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um, and there are an abundance of draw with Rob books and picture books available to buy. But where can we find you online to hear more from you? Um, you can find me. Uh, I'm on all the social medias. I am at Rob Bidoff on Twitter. I'm at R Bidolf on Instagram because there's another Rob Bidolf who took Rob Bidolf. <gasps> Can't believe it. I know you wouldn't think there would be, would you? But there is. Um, and I'm <laughs> on, you can find me on Facebook, Rob Bidolf author on Facebook and my YouTube videos. Just do a search for Draw with Rob or Rob Bidolf. Rob Bidolf, what's my name? Rob Bidolf, that's right. Um, you can find me, yeah, you can find me anywhere. My website, robbidolf.com. It's not, I'm not hard to find, to be honest. Excellent. Thank you so much. It's been brilliant chatting to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Alison. It's lovely to have spoken to you today. 